Good morning, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 14. And we're going to read together Acts 14, starting to read at verse 1. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of by his the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and Jews, together with their leaders, to ill-treat them and stone them. But they found out about it and fled to Lyconium, cities of Lystra and Derbe, and to the surrounding country where they continued to preach the good news. Well, before we have a look at that passage, let's just pray together. Our Father, we thank you that we can learn so much from this, your word, and we thank you for the likes of Paul and Barnabas who can bring us these incidents that can be an encouragement to us as we consider again the truths of the gospel. And our Father, we pray that you will just lead us as we look at this passage together, that you will open our hearts and our minds, and that through it we might be blessed. Our Father, we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, again, we're, we're back in Acts, and last week we left Paul and Barnabas heading out of Iconium after being expelled from Pisidia, Antioch. Expelled for bringing the good news of the gospel to the people in the synagogue. Good news that spread throughout the region. You remember back in chapter 13, verse 51 to 52, so they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just thinking, um, what did they leave behind them when they left? Well, what they left, in one word, was division. You see, one, the disciples were filled with joy. And two, those who stirred up persecution. Now, with this in mind, I want us to go to Luke chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 49 through to 51, this, uh, this is what we see here. That in these words, Jesus is making it clear that the gospel will be the subject that brings division. So, verse 49 of Luke 12, the words of Jesus I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. And verse 50, but I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraints I am under until it is completed. You see, Jesus is speaking here of things that are about to happen. Jesus will be rejected, he'll be arrested, he will be killed, but he will rise from the dead, and then... He will return back to heaven. And he did all this to free the people from their sins. But here's a question. How will the people reach him? Well, we know that it will be by the work of the Holy Spirit. So come with me to the book of Titus. And we're going to read the Paul's words to Titus. And I'm reading from verse uh, chapter 3, verse 7, F. 
chapter 3, verse 5 through to 7. Speaking of Jesus, He saved us not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So let's go back now to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12 and verse 51, where Jesus said, Do you think I come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. You see, a choice of direction will always bring division. And this is what the gospel is about. It's about making a choice. We can even go back into the Old Testament and we see Israel, uh, as they prepared to enter the promised land, they had to choose who they would serve. Joshua spoke to them and we read the words in Joshua 24 verse 14 through to 15. And he said, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the river Euphrates and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Then he goes on, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And with these things in mind, as we look at this, this subject of division, we can go to um, John's Gospel, John 14, verse 6. And these are the words of Jesus as he spoke them to Thomas. And Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, this is how it is. This is how it will always be when the gospel is preached. We will make one of the only two choices that are offered. One is to accept it and the other is to reject. You know, Jesus wanted to make this clear, not only to the people that he spoke to, but also to his disciples, those who were following him. And it was to Thomas and the disciples that he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this is so that they, first of all, might understand the message, the message that they would have to live by and the message that they would have to take to the rest of the world. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And this is the truth of the gospel. It is that we have an opportunity to accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour or not to take that opportunity and reject Jesus. So what if we choose not to accept Jesus? Well, again, we can go to God's word in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. This is what Jesus said. Enter through the narrow gate, 
For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So Jesus is giving here an illustration, an illustration of two gates, each one leading to a different destination. Now this is the point of it. One road leads to new life and the other leads to destruction. So when Paul and Barnabas brought the good news to the people in Antioch, it brought with it the call to decide which direction they would go. In other words, in the words of Joshua, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And in chapter 13, 48, the passage we looked at last week at Antioch, the Gentiles and some of the Jews honoured the word of the Lord. They believed in who Jesus was. They accepted him as the Messiah, the Christ, the promised one. And in verse 50, on the other hand, the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standard and the leading men of the city. What did they do? They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas. This was because they chose not to believe in who Jesus is. But here's the thing. Although Paul and Barnabas had to leave Antioch, the Lord was still at work in that city. And you know, for us today, the Lord is still at work. He's at work in the countries that are closed to the gospel. You know, in China, where Christian churches are vandalized and where pastors are imprisoned because they teach the gospel. I was reading a report in the Economist newspaper and it says that perhaps as many as 22 million Chinese Protestants worship in unregistered underground churches. That's a tremendous amount of Christians in a land and a country that is opposed to the gospel. 22 million Chinese Protestants worshipping in underground, unregistered churches. And a missionary organisation, Open Doors, estimates that the total of Christians in China is 97.2 million people. This is God at work by the power of the Holy Spirit in these difficult places where there's much opposition. And we're going to see how those who chose the narrow gate and those who chose the wide gate, we're going to see how they progress in different directions. And we'll see the results of this as we go through into chapter 14. So for this morning, let's take the 85-mile trip from Antioch to an Iconium. You know, no buses and trains. Most of this trip would have been made either by pack animal or walking. So, 85-mile trip. Today, Iconium is called Konya, and it's the seventh most populated city in Turkey. In the days of Paul and Barnabas, it would still have been a busy place populated by both Jews and Gentiles. 
Now, as was the custom, Paul and Barnabas took the good news of Jesus firstly to the Jews. So, Acts 14, verse 1 to 7, this is what we find out. Verse 1, at at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went, as usual, into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. We don't know exactly what it was that Paul said, but we've got a pretty good idea they would have spoken of the Scriptures to these Jewish believers, these Jewish people, and spoken about the Messiah. The reaction from the people in the synagogue was such that many believed the good news, but those who refused to believe reacted in a similar way to those in Antioch. Choices have been made. Some have accepted Paul's words, and others have rejected them. Verse 2 But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Again, we see, as we did last week, jealousy leading to contradiction and abuse with attempts to poison the minds of other people. You know, to poison the minds of others is to manipulate them, manipulate them with lies and with half-truths that sound good but they're not true. And they do this in order to turn people away from the truth. I want you to come with me now to the foot of the cross. As we see Jesus, the Lamb of God, as he pays the price for sin, our sin, and for the sins of those who stood and watched on that day of crucifixion. We're going to look at a few verses from Matthew 27. Verse 39 through to 44. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself, come down from the cross if you are the Son of God. You know, the truth is that Jesus is the Son of God. The truth is that Jesus is the true temple. God with And in three days, he did return. He returned from the dead to fulfill the promise of the perfect sacrifice. Let's read on. In the same way, the chief priests and teachers of the law and elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. You know, these people, they are the leaders who have poisoned the minds of those standing with them. But even they had to admit that Jesus had saved others. But while they admit to that, they're ignoring the truth that his death would bring salvation to all who would accept it. Let's read on again. He's the king of Israel. This is what they're saying. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. You know, the truth is that because he did not come down from the cross, this was evidence that he was the king, not just the king of Israel, the king of kings. And they went on and said, He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. He said, I am the son of God. You know, the truth is that he is the son of God. And the truth is that he was on God's rescue mission to rescue them. 
On that occasion, Luke, in his gospel, tells us about the two criminals who hung on the cross, Luke 23, 39 to 43. One of the criminals who hung there held insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Two gates were open. One thief went through the gate that led to new life. The other through the gate that led to destruction divided by the truth of the gospel so back to acts 14 let's look at verse 3 back to paul and barnabas so paul and barnabas spent, spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders now we don't know how long paul and barnabas stayed in Iconium, but we do know that while he and Barnabas, Barnabas were there, they persevered against the opposition. You know, Paul knew all about persevering, persevering for the sake of the gospel, and he can encourage us to be like him, to persevere for the sake of the gospel. We don't know what the signs and wonders were. But we know that they were given by the grace of God. That's the important thing. Undeserved. But God gave them. And why? The Paul and Barnabas might confirm to those hearers the truth of what they were saying. Verse 4. The people of the city were divided. So here it is. The people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. You know, the real division was that some chose Jesus and others rejected him. The message for them was, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Verse 5. There was a plot afoot among both Gentiles and Jews together with the leaders to ill-treat them and stone them. You know, again, we see here jealousy, jealousy leading to contradiction, leading to abuse and eventually violence. This is how it was for Jesus. We had a look at that last week. This is how it was for Paul. And this is how it is today, wherever and whenever the good news of Jesus is preached. As we draw to a close this morning, I want us to consider just one or two things. You know, the missionary organization Open Doors has a list of 50 countries where there is organized persecution against Christians. Who from? From those who have rejected the good news. The places that we're looking at, Antioch and Iconium, are in what is 
modern-day Turkey. And Turkey is number 25 on that list. Here's the top 10 countries that are on the highest list of those who persecute Christians. The first being North Korea, Afghanistan, Somalia, Libya, Pakistan, Eritrea, Yemen, Iran, Nigeria and India. We need to pray for these places. You know, China is number 17. But as we look at this passage from Acts, we mentioned at the beginning that when Paul and Barnabas left, the work of the gospel still was going on in that city. As we remember Christians who are suffering in those countries, let us ask the question, who will I choose this day to serve? Will we choose to serve the Lord? Let's pray. Our Father, we do thank you for this opportunity we have to gather around your word and we do bring before you now those Christians who are suffering in other countries. You remind us in the words of Paul that these things are still the same. The gospel is still the same. There are still those who accept and those who reject. But our Father, for us here this morning, we pray that you will just open our hearts and our minds. That Yes, if we know you as our Saviour, we might remember those who are still suffering. But we thank you for the fact that the gospel still goes out. And that by the power of your Holy Spirit, souls are one for Christ. My Father, is any here who do not know you as Saviour, we pray that they might make that choice. That they might accept you take you into their hearts as their saviour and free them from their sins in the power of what you did on the cross as we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.